You are listening to highlights from the Creative Process interview with Lorenda Ramo. This podcast is supported by the Yen Michalski Foundation. As a child, it felt very natural for me. I didn't feel I needed to put any effort in learning the piano. I wanted to find all the musical, you know, information that was there. What was the purpose of studying the piano? Suddenly the whole thing became so creative. I felt that the sound is something malleable and you can have an infinite number of possibilities and ways of phrasing, of expressing. So that opened a whole new area of possibilities and I found this just fascinating at the moment. It changed the whole relation. You feel music almost as though it is physical, as though it has an entity. Mm-hmm. But it's strange, I heard other composers or musicians speak about it in this way that it was a kind of a physical presence. And it was for the first time I tried to imagine what goes on inside the musician or the composer's mind. Like, what are you seeing as you compose, as you play different pieces of music? What is that process like? Um, that's a good question. Well, for me, music is a way to relate to the world. Because music is sound, and sound is everywhere around us. And the world makes sense because you have the sounds of everything that are connected somehow. And if you, for example, you look around you and you close your ears without sound, at the end you would have a quite different perception of what's going on around you. But if you close your eyes and you just have the sound, I feel that the sound of an area, whatever happens around you, is closer to the reality or your personal reality than the sight. The sound, for me, makes more sense the world speaks to me as sound rather than as vision. Like um, the spirit of things. The see. spirit of, of things is there a sound. I mean, mm-hmm. I can hear the voice of people and I immediately feel that I know something about this person because of the sound, yes. not because of the sight. More of the sound of the voice. The sounds mm-hmm. speak to me somehow. They're meaningful for me. Now, a musician, through all this training that we have, develops very much what we would call the inner audition. For example, it's when you take a score, you open it, and you can hear it. It's like you read a book, and you understand the meaning Mm -hmm. of what you read. Then for me, it's the same with the score. I can open a score, and then I hear inside my head what's in there. Of course, if it's a very complex thing, I might not have the full information of it. Or if it's a contemporary graphic score with a lot of flattery elements, then it's not very precise, this image that you have. But if it's a piano score or an orchestra score, it can be quite precise. So the creative process is that as a performer, usually you take the score, you read it, or you try it a little bit on the piano, And then you start forming an idea of how you are going to shape this sound. It's like architecture for me. It's like a shape that you have to create, that it's meaningful. For example, it can be, let's say, a slow beginning, and then gradually it gets at the higher point of uh, of tension, and then there is a release, and then to go through the end somehow. What I'm describing now, it's a very classical profile of uh, music. My work is like, I have to find a reason of how each of the elements that I see in the score connects with this kind of general shape. And 
you can play like ta-ta-tam, but it would be different if you play ta-ta-tam, because then you connect it in a different way with what comes after that, and it would make better sense, for example. So it's uh, the work, this creative process is imagine a full shape, imagine the whole piece of music, how it would unfold in time and then find the specific place of each individual element in this so that it serves this idea that you have. And uh, of course this is something that through the work that you do on a piece of music it can change, it can you elaborate, it's not something fixed. Mm -hmm. But you have to start with an idea at the very Mm -hmm. beginning. I'm not this kind of person who just, you know, play, well, I play and imagine at the same time, play and imagine, play, and it's not just what I hear from the instrument, Mm -hmm. it's my inside audition that guides me through my work, not only what comes just from the instrument, what I hear on the spot when I'm playing. Yes, so you have to have, well, we call it vision, but it's almost, it's an inner vision, I should It's say. an inner vision, absolutely. Yes, and it's, it's so fascinating because as I think of, you know, artists in other disciplines as well, they do speak of this, having an architecture or being able to see the work of art in its entirety. And I, I think when people are experiencing things in, in an audience, they are a little lost. They, mm. they don't have that. They're still, it's it's new mm. to them. Whether it's painting, I'm sorry, I'm relating it to other things. Yeah, of course. But no. there's this sense, or even someone who's written 600-page book, really, they call themselves back to each one of those pages mm. as an entirety. Mm-hmm. And it's quite a thing to keep in the mind. I don't know how you do it at the muscle memory. I don't know how that works. Well, then it connects with the physical memory, yeah. of course, of the body. Mm-hmm. Because each phrase, each note that you play, it has a muscular memory, a physical memory, let's say a body memory, because mm-hmm. it's not just the muscle of the, the finger, it's in a more wide choreography of the body. I mean, it is a choreography when you play the piano, yeah. because the movement is not just the fingers. The fingers are related to the whole arm, to your back, to your posture, to your breathing, to how you're seated. I mean, it's the conscious of the, the whole body related to the instrument. So then you kind of memorize the physical sensation together with this mental, musical sound image that you have. And it it makes like one thing at the end. Let's say that I I followed. In my whole career, I just followed musical inclinations, my musical taste, or my will to collaborate with someone. I never thought in terms of uh, career or success or something, but in terms of, you know, human collaboration and, uh, yeah, musical project that was uh, really appealing to me. I felt very early that I had a kind of uh, duty to perform Greek composition composers, both, I mean, the composers, the living composers, of course, and to try to bring the work outside Greece. And also, the first half of the 20th century, Greek repertoire is not well known. So a big part of my activity and all of my recording activity is the promotion of Greek repertoire. Now I've recorded about 10 CDs and they're all Greek compositions. And what I like to do is to fill some empty holes in the repertoire, to record things that have never been recorded. 
pieces, new discoveries from earlier repertoire or uh, just new repertoire that, that doesn't matter. Do you feel music doesn't need to hang on a story like that necessarily? Music is intimidating, you know, yeah. because it's very abstract. Yes. And as you said, we live in a visual culture. So visually it's, okay, we say this is a, you know, a cup of tea that's precise. But if it was music, then... (laughs) That would be a boring music. (laughs) You don't know how would that be. I mean, we live in a culture where we are not taught to keep our ears open. And this has to do with how we relate also to each other, how open you are to listen to somebody else in general, I would say. We want certitudes all the time, you know. We don't like open things and questions and situations where what we hear is not known in advance. We like to listen to the same tunes that we know, that we, we're happy to know from our parents. Maybe we discover and the, the tunes everybody listens to. And this is, you know, securizant. It keeps us insecure. But music opens, for me, this is why I like very much contemporary music, because it opens to something that is completely unexpected. You have no idea what you're going to listen to. I mean, with each composer is a different world. And what I really like is to cultivate this position to young people to keep their ears open to that and not criticize it, just to receive it and to just to, to stay open at that. I mean, it's not something that will harm you or would Nothing bad will arrive to you if you listen to bizarre music, you know. We hope you enjoyed listening to these highlights. To listen to the latest episodes or learn more about participating in exhibitions or interviews, click on subscribe. Thank you for listening.